If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. Welcome to the Coco Express, part of the Blog Talk Radio Network. Your host on the Coco Express is Aurelia Lyles. She's all about keeping it real. Great guests, interesting topics, so get on board. Listen, learn, live. Hey, 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 everybody. It's Wednesday, May 27, 2015. And if you're a fan of the Cocoa Express Show Network, you know that the last Wednesday of every month is Real Estate Straight Talk with Sharon and Joe. So sit back, relax, learn, and enjoy. Want to know what's going on in the home buying market? Stay tuned. Real Estate Straight Talk is up next, part of the Coco Express Network. Hello and good evening, everybody. Uh, this is Sharon and Joe. We want to welcome Hi. everyone. We want to welcome everyone back to Real Estate Straight Talk um, as we wrap up last month landlord-tenant relationships, and this week we want to take another another direction and talk a little bit about some of the hot topics that Joe and I have been um, dealing with for the in the month of May. Um, and Joe, what are some of the uh, some of the topics that you have been dealing a lot with, with a lot of questions, a lot of concerns, mm-hmm. or you know, what are some of the um, hot topics that your clients have been coming to you about in May? Well, you know, um, a lot of people have been asking about financing, and so that's mm-hmm. one thing I wanted to really touch on. Um, you know, a lot of people, and we've kind of talked about this in the past, you know, a lot of people want want to get involved into real estate um, mm-hmm. and real estate investing, and they're just like, where do I get the money from? How do I yeah. do it? So um, I just had an interest in settlement uh, recently where, mm-hmm. um, and it was, an, it was an investment property, a rental property, where the guy selling the house, um, and he knew what it was. It was a rental property, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't an easy, easy to finance from a bank's mm-hmm. perspective property. Mm-hmm. And, 
I had another client, and he, you know, was looking to buy. So mm-hmm. we made a deal, and the seller uh, gave a mortgage to the buyer. Well, what and what kind of house was it? Like, what it, what type price range are we talking about? It it was like um, I think the sale price was like forty thousand. Okay, so it was a true investment property. Then. It was a true investment property, a true rental property. Mm-hmm. Rural home in the city of Wilmington. It it was a fix, it's a fixer upper and need a little bit of work done, but it was a it's definitely a cash flow property. You know they made the seller made their money on the house, okay. and that's pretty and much where they were they were at. They're like, hey, we made our money now. We we'll just cash out, and they didn't really want to put any more into it. They didn't want to reinvest by doing the repairs. They said, well, we just want to cash out right here. Gotcha. So, and, the, and this is, so you're so you had a seller who wanted to sell a property who that was an investment property to them, but they just wanted to cash out of it. And there was, I guess, it was used as a rental property before. Yeah, I actually okay. managed the property for them oh, uh, for years. Yeah, okay. and they they made their money back. Um, it was a good experience, but you know they just they they really didn't want. It wasn't like a long-term thing they wanted to stay in. You know, it was just kind of a quick hit. And, and it, it worked. It was successful. And um, so they're like, hey, we just want to cash out. We just want to get rid of it, you know, so okay. to speak, so, to liquidate it, basically. Okay. So they owned it outright. Yeah, yeah. They bought it in cash when they bought, when they paid for it. Um, and it was like, hey, um you know, obviously, to liquidate something like that, you want to price it right. But then, right. in that price range, you know, even forty thousand, great deal. But someone would have to have forty thousand in cash. Right. Again, not many banks would consider financing that. Um, That's true. A rental property like that, especially if it wasn't, um, if it was a fixer upper. Right. So again, uh, you know, we use our brains and we came up with a way for them to make more money um, because now they basically have given a mortgage to the buyer and, you know, with a little interest rate on it. So, um, you know, and he made a nice cash deposit down. He didn't buy it in cash, but he made a nice deposit down. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's a win-win situation. He'll, he's fixing it up now as we speak and he'll, he'll rent it out and, the mortgage payment is low enough that he'll rent it and, you know, still have money for himself, but his rent will, uh, the rent income would pay them. And, you know, everybody wins. It's a short-term deal. So it's just one example of what you can do. And by, when I say they did, they gave him a mortgage, that's what they did. Like some, when I, I mentioned it and somebody was like, Oh, you mean they held the paper? I mean, and held hold title and made payments to him on an installment sale. But no, they actually we actually recorded a mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, so so they basically loaned him the money. But as a um, bank would, as a bank would, the difference is an actual uh, deed is getting recorded. Mm-hmm. So so in the buyer's name, right? In the buyer's name. So there's different kind of finances. So one would be the installment sale, just, just to get, you know, let everybody uh, explain it to everyone. So in, a, in an installment sale, 
if I were the seller and I sold you the house, it would still be my house, basically, but you would be making payments to me in installments. And once you made your final payment, then it would be yours because you you paid it up. And what and is and just to break from that, you can go ahead and explain the other options as well. That sounds like a rent to own. When people say rent to own, is would you consider that the same? They're not quite the same. They're very similar. Um, a rent to own in a rent to own, you would be considered a tenant. Okay. Uh, so you you would still the owner would still have. Um, responsibilities as a landlord to the tenant. You know, the tenant would be a buyer, but they would also be a tenant. Mm -hmm. And and, um, usually the way rent-to-owns work is you would be a tenant for a number of years while you're gathering your finances. So it's kind of a way – sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I was was saying it's it's kind of a way for – it's kind of a way for you to – as a buyer, say you see a house you really want, mm-hmm. you're like, well, I can't buy it right now, but I'll rent it and kind of lock myself in to a contract with the, the owner, seller, landlord, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, with the understanding that as I get my finances together, you know, I have the first crack at, at buying it. Yeah. Okay, so it kind of sounds like it, it has some similarities, but the difference is, is just what you said. The rent-to-own is you, the buyer, also residing in the home and making installment sales depending on the terms, yet the installment sale is you literally as a borrower and making in payments in an installment to the yeah. le- the person lending you the money. Almost like and, um, layaway at a store. So yeah. if you put something on layaway, you would not own that thing, until even though you're off. making payments on it, until it's fully paid off. Correct. Okay. The, the difference is you actually get use of it. You know, you would actually Correct. get to use the thing, you know, and in the house. And it's an option. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's a but, great example, But in this actually. case, we didn't do either one of those things. We actually recorded a mortgage. Mm-hmm. So the buyer actually got the deed. He got title. We did a settlement. So it is it is um, legally the buyer's house now, but mm-hmm. instead of having to pay a mortgage um, payment to the bank, he actually is is going to be paying it to the seller. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and a lot of people don't realize that you can be you can act as a bank. Yeah, and that I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. And again, you just explained two ways to be in the position. Um, to be able to purchase an investment property and to be an investor as the um, as the owner. And because I've actually had a transaction um, similar to it sounds like the one that you just had. And, and it can happen at any price point, just so our listeners are aware, because my price point was um, in the $300,000 price range. So it's not just for... Um, thirty thousand, forty thousand, eighty thousand dollar homes. I mean, as long as you own the house outright, I mean that is an option um, yeah. that is available to you. And like you said, once the it's recorded and written off, um, it's again with the help from a real estate attorney to write yeah. out those legal documents. Um, it, I mean, you're literally it's not you paying a 
a WSIS or a PNC Bank or a, com, a com, um, TD Bank, but it's you literally paying the owner um, your right. mortgage payments on a monthly basis. And if you default, Joe, what happens when you default? The same or thing, you, you know. Default. So yeah, so basically, in just as you said, so we, the attorney drew up all the documents, and they're the same or similar documents to. Um, you know, they had to they had to make the note. You know, they had to um, obviously the deed, and then they had to do the agreement. Um, you know, with all the terms of the loan, like what when would a late fee be assessed? Mm-hmm. How much would the late fee be? You know, how much money is going to be held in escrow? Well, you know, all basically all of the same documents that a bank, you know, a mortgage company would. Um, record we did all the same documents and, and mm-hmm. as you said it's it can be at any price point there's really what it comes down to is people using their creativity and their savvy to right. get deals done so we're not per se saying you know we're anti-bank or we're getting rid of the bank but what we're saying that is that there are cases where the bank is going to say no on a right, certain there- deal yeah, there are some most transactions of bank, and I don't know this 100%, but I know there are most case scenarios where a bank won't finance a $40,000 mortgage. Most banks won't. They don't um, like so to. You do, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, on a deal like that. Yeah, even there are some houses that are for sale for 15000 to 25000 I mean, there are most big banks that won't do that. I mean, there are different types of loan options that they have in order for you to do that, but, I mean, to – but it's it, again, like you said, it takes some creativity to um, if you don't have the cash right out to be able to pay either in installments or to um, get a mortgage on something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's um, that's interesting because it, it seems like what it also boils down to is um, you had and we both mentioned terms because it although that is an option. Um, you again, like you mentioned, there is still a real estate settlement that does take place um, mm-hmm. when that particular type of owner financing happens. And terms are, um, like you said, there's most uh, most of those documents are the same documents that you sign with when you're making a settlement with a regular um, brick and mortar bank. And those terms are most mostly negotiated by and drawn up by a real estate attorney. Um, because they are, have to be, I mean, you're still held to those um, usury laws um, that banks right. are held to, but as far as interest rates and different things like that, um, and the still the documentation that you get to file taxes, all of that stuff still happens. But just to um, kind of give our listeners an understanding, what is the typical terms, um, not even terms, but what are the typical time frames that the um, that a, a, a an owner typically holds the mortgage for because we we all know banks to hold thirty years and fifteen yeah. years. So just give us a little background of what is typical in these types of sales. Yeah, uh, and you know I I know it, it's going to be different in different places and each person you know there 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 are people that are savvy and they're doing this as a way to you know, continue the investments and, and expand on what they do. But I would say in my experience, 
a lot of people will do five-year or 10-year deals. Um, so basically, you know, the, they're going to want the buyer to invest a lot of cash, mm-hmm. you know, or percentage-wise a lot of cash. So they're going to ask for at least 10% down or right. maybe even 20% down, you know, depending on the deal. Um, and that's up front, you know, mm-hmm. so they they might ask you for 20% down up front. And then again, they're going to, it's going to be a quicker, um, the, the note won't be as long. It will not be a 30 year. Um, it might be a five or, or 10. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the case in yours? Um, in the, in the deal you were just talking about? I believe it was 15 years, and you're right. Okay. It is typically um, a hefty deposit um, that is put down like 15 to 20%. Again, it, it goes back to the terms between that buyer and seller. But um, my case was really an owner-occupant. Um, okay. But as in, investors, we all know if you really want to get into the game, you have to have some skin. You have to put some skin in the game. And, you know, you have to have an initial investment to um, become a part of real estate. I know you, people hear a lot about pennies on the dollars and different things like that, but again, you, um, which doesn't mean that it's it's not the case, but in this particular case, most, if they're, if people are going to hold that paper for you, then they are, they're going to want to see a, a, an initial deposit and um, yeah. a good base um, down payment, earnest deposit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I will add that uh, it's still a great deal because yeah, you know whether it's whether you're buying a house for the fifteen or twenty thousand, or three four hundred thousand, you know whatever the price range is, or a million, or you know whatever, right. it's still a, a deal where if you're running into roadblocks, um, going to traditional financing uh, areas such as a bank, you know, or so on mortgage company and if if that means the only way you're going to buy this house is by paying it you know in cash at one time um definitely you know the option of you know even if you had to put 20 percent down that's a lot less than 100 percent it is you know it so is. it's it can be the difference between making a deal happen you know yeah. or, or just not being able to buy it yeah so yeah, and I mean, we bring these up, these things up, you know, just to let the listeners know, there's always something you can do, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's not to sit there going, oh, no, I cannot invest. I can't buy this property. You know, there's always a deal that can be made. And even, you know, we're throwing out numbers and percentages. But at the end of the day, it really is an agreement between the two parties. That's very so, true. Yeah, so you do have the the attorney who's there drawing the papers up. But um, as you pointed out, you know, his main concern is that you follow the laws. But as long as you're following the laws, there's a lot of room to do whatever. I mean, it could, yeah. you know, they could say you only have to put 5% down or, you know, yeah. whatever. I mean, they're going to do what makes sense at the right. end of the day. You're going to do what makes sense to you. But um, but sometimes people might be willing to bend or be flexible, mm-hmm. you know, for the purpose of getting a deal done, you know, within reason, you know. Right. At the end of the day, right. you know, everyone's trying to 
succeed, so they're not going to give something away to you. But right. But you know, it, it all depends. You know, every every scenario is different. Every seller, every buyer, every property, mm-hmm. and it, you know what people are willing to do, you know, can change. Yeah, yeah, I would yeah. have to agree. Um, and it's funny, and we talked about it before. You just mentioned it again, and I'm just going to touch on it again. I know we're running out of time, but um, uh, I know one of the other main things that um, have came up to me a lot is it, it seems like I, I have been getting a lot of interest in um, tenants have been contacting me a lot for okay. rental properties. Um, and you also have those who actually have, um, asked about rent-to-own uh, recently, which is another interesting hot topic um, yeah. in my world, at least in the month of May. So there has mm-hmm. been several interests with that. And, again, when we're speaking on terms, um, it's always important to know that um, those terms are between you and that um, and that if you're in a, talking about a rent-to-own situation and that landlord. And there are yeah. several ways to... Um, to even own a house that you are currently living in by renting it um, mm-hmm. and getting to the ownership position. And I know, Joe, you and I talked about this um, earlier this month, and you shared some really good points. If you can just point out some of those points that you spoke on, how, you know, when someone does come to you with the rent-to-own, you had mentioned how, um, you know, are you sure you want to own that property? And how yeah. the option is just so broad. So once you get it pre-approved, it's you know sky's the limit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, the thing the buyer has to understand because sometimes as a buyer, again, you start to feel hopeless and oh, you know, you're trapped. But mm-hmm. you know, once you become, once you get into that buyer position. You know, you're you're the one. To, in my opinion, the buyer's the one in the in the control. I have the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're making the offer. You know, if this person is serious about selling their property, you know, it's it's your offer, and then it's up to them to accept accept it or say yes or no. So mm-hmm. I think one mistake people make when they're buyers or they're renters and they're going to do that rent to own deal. They totally just allow the seller to make all of the yes. <laughs> the yeah. demands and and make all the terms and whatever <laughs> whatever the the seller says they're just like oh yeah you know whatever you say so I mean yeah they're gonna put everything in their favor you know but you know if if buying is what you're gonna do and and, and you have those clients that are calling you Sharon or or anyone out there who's like you know I really wanna I think I may want to do a rent to own. There are some cases where rent to own is great, and I, I actually have tenants right now that want to do a rent to own, and based on their situation, I do think it's the way for them to go. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're in that position, and, and sometimes it's the case, one, do your homework and yes, you know, get representation. You know, get a, whether it's a realtor, attorney, or both, or a team of people. Talk to different people do research, definitely put yourself in, be in the driver's seat, which is what you're in because you're making the offer. And Mm -hmm. so let let your landlord know, you know, there's certain terms such as what the sale price is going to be, you know, all those things. It's important for you to negotiate that. It is. And, 
Yeah, and to the point you were um, touching upon is, you know, sometimes depending on your situation, you know, rent to own may not be the best thing for you to do. Because, right. you know, if if you're in a situation where, hey, if all you got to do is wait it out a year and, you know, your credit will be good enough to get approved for a mortgage, you know, you know, it's like playing cards, you know, why show your hand? Right. You know, right. early when you don't have to. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you can, if you're going to rent for the year anyway, why not just rent? And then once you do get your approval, then approach uh, the seller, landlord, and say, hey, these are, here's my approval, here's my terms. But the but once you do get approved, the other point is, so well, now look at the, market. the world's your oyster, so to speak. You can mm-hmm. buy any house. Exactly. There's no need to be tied into that one property, which is the one drawback of a rent-to-own is, you know, you're making a contract on that particular house when mm-hmm. there's so many other options for you. Right. But, but there are, there are going to be times when that is the house you really want. So, yeah. you know, I guess wait, do your homework, do your research, and That's make easy. sure that you're making the decision you want to make. Just like with anything, I mean, if you're going to buy a car, uh, a pair of shoes, whatever, we do a lot of homework on it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a house which is so much more permanent and so much more expensive, we should be making, uh, you know, an appropriate amount of due diligence. For, you know, for the purchase we're making. Yeah, and yeah, and I and I would also um, just add as a tip um, when considering rent to own is um, oh my goodness, did I lose my thought? But um, <laughs> one of, one of one of the tips that I would just add is if you are paying your landlord, like you said, do your homework and know what you can afford. Um, on a monthly basis when you're running and when you are uh, when you decide to own the property, if you decide to go that route with that particular home. And, again, you have some terms to set and negotiate with your landlord. And even if those terms are, you know, can you take my earnest, my um, first month's rent or, you know, deposit money and apply that toward closing costs? for when I do yeah. purchase your home. And could you, you know, in addition to that, or separate from that, however you want to negotiate it, um, take $300 of my $900 and save that and set that aside for my down payment as well in addition to my right. deposit. Again, that's kind of the upper hand that you have, but, like, the homework that you were referring to is, again, whether it's with a realtor, a lawyer, or with real estate websites, just do your homework and know what the comp are the comparables are in that area, know what other homes um, are selling for in that area, um, and make uh, make sure that your landlord is offering you that home at a fair, marketable price um, that you can afford and that you that it's worth paying for. Um, because a lot exactly. of times in those situations, you know, the sellers really act like, like you said, that they have, well, the owner act, or the landlord acts like they have the upper hand. It's like, well, I'm, I'll sell it to you for this. Um, so that will be my tip is just making sure that those terms are, you know, of course reasonable, but making sure that it has a benefit for you for when you do go to settlement on that home, that you have some money set aside that you've been paying for for the year that you've been living in that home. I mean, to help you 
um, get to that settlement table. And if you don't want to do any of that, another option is to ask the seller, you know, going into it, you know, this is a really nice home. It's a home that I would consider to buy. It would be a nice home for my family. I'm tired of moving. You know, would you consider a rent with the first right of refusal, which means, um, you know, give me the first option to purchase the home if you choose to put it on the market, you know. And, right. you know, that, again, allows you the time to get your credit ran and your um, mortgage and all of that other stuff in order or maybe work out an owner financing deal like, you know, we talked about earlier. So there are some options, and those are some tips that I would just throw out there because I know we're running out of time. But um, okay. that's that's – did you have anything else to add? Because I just know that was – something I just wanted to no, throw you, in there you touched on, That was a good point you just touched on. So, yeah, I don't want to go over our time, but, um, yeah, I think we kind of hit on everything. Okay. Well, um, again, this is definitely a hot topic. These are some hot topics that Joe and I um, have been dealing with for the month of May, and we are going to continue that route um, for June. Um, and see what the next hot topic is. Stay tuned to our uh, Real Estate Straight Talk page that we have now on Facebook. Um, Again, based on your questions and your interests and topics, um, stay tuned for what's coming in June, um, what's what's happening around that time frame. Joe, did you have anything to add before we close? Okay. um, As you pointed out, we have the Real Estate Straight Talk um, Facebook group. Um, join and come on there, and it's an open dialogue and conversation with us and others in the community. There's various people in there who have uh, different levels of experience, and you know there are other home buyers, investors, and so on in that group. And we also have a, a page which is called the Real Estate Hotline. Mm-hmm. Again, it's that's a place where we'll be posting different information. So, you know, if anyone's wondering how to reach us or get in touch with us, you, you know, that those platforms are what we have right now. Uh, we're working on some others. And mm-hmm. as as always, the last Thursday of the month, which is tomorrow, mm-hmm. um, happy hour, 5 to 7, we'll be at Celebrations on Market in Wilmington, Delaware. Come on out, have a drink with us, have some good conversation. Everybody's invited. And that's about it. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. And we always have a lot of fun just to add that in there. There's a lot of good happy hour specials um, at Celebrations Home Market. Again, a lot of good conversations and a lot of good relationships that are built at the networking happy hour. Sometimes it's really big. Sometimes it's small enough for you to introduce yourself to everybody in the room, which is what we encourage. Yeah. Um, so we do encourage you all to come out, meet us, talk with us, um, teach us something, learn something from us. And, you know, have a good time. So, again, that's from 5 to 7 at Celebrations on Market. We want to thank our listeners for tuning in to Real Estate Straight Talk um, this evening, and we look forward to next month. Thank you so much, and have a great evening. All right. Good night, everybody. Good night. That's our show for today. So until next time, keep it real, listen, learn, and live.